Well, welcome back to this week's episode of The Wraparound. It's a little bit of a special one. We haven't really done this before, um, due to some circumstances and mainly being Grace, since she's not here. Uh, we decided to divide the show up this week. And uh, for the first half, me and Alessia are going to be talking about, you know, the playoffs and how the matchups have uh, fared up so far. And, um, you know, talk about the usual, what we've been talking about the past couple of weeks, what certain teams need to do to secure the series, what teams need to do to maybe to come back. Um, so yeah, that's going to be me and Alessia's part. And then Grace is going to come in and she's going to have her very own Grace's a corner with the OHL <laughs> and uh, everything that happened with the OHL draft this past week. And, um, yeah, a lot of exciting stuff. So we're going to first start with some Stanley cup playoffs and then we're going to move on to junior hockey. The wraparound with Grace. Alessia and Marjorie. But first, we're going to talk about the East Division, and we're going to talk about the Boston Bruins and the New York Islanders. And as all you guys know, right now that series is tied two-two. But tonight, or the, today, the day of recording, uh, it's going to be Game Five. So tomorrow, when you guys are listening to this, um, you guys will obviously know who's leading. But as of right now, it's still, you know, you guys won't know who won the series yet so that's what we're going to talk about we're going to see what's going on and <sighs> Alessia as always we talked about how this one was going to be a tough series and clearly it is yeah I mean like you mentioned we said this was going to be a very close series and the last game the Islanders won 4-1 and when you look at what they're doing well two players kind of stick out to me and this is in terms of goal scoring so you have JG Pajo and Kyle Palmieri. And Kyle Palmieri has scored five goals so far in the playoffs, and JG Pajo has scored three goals. And when you look at the Bruins too, they have a lot of key players. And like me and Marjorie mention all the time, this is a very strong team, and it's our favorites in this series right now. And one guy that always sticks out to me is David Pasternak. In nine games played in the playoffs, he has five goals and six assists. We'll see where it goes. Like Marjorie mentioned, there is a game that's going to be played tonight. And by the time you guys are listening, we'll see who's going to be leading the series 3-2. And it's funny that you mentioned Paul Mary because before the playoffs started, uh, we were talking about, I think you were talking about how he still wasn't really performing the best in with the, with the Isles uh, ever since he came over from the Devils and he was going to have to, you know, do some things to prove himself and to really show, you know, kind of his worth. And I think... He's finally done that, and he's been, got, I guess, kind of uh, instrumental for, their, for for them during the series. But I think me and Alessia are still going to stick with the Bruins. And like I always say, that's hard for us because, you know, we all know Alessia's a Habs fan and I'm a Leafs fan. But yep. still very two strong teams, and maybe maybe the Isles will surprise us. But but I don't know. It, it, it's a tough one. <laughs> definitely is. Very tough. Now, the Central. This is going to be very quick. There's like not that many playoff matchups anymore, but <laughs> I promise you we're giving you the best information possible so you guys can really, really analyze these games and um, hopefully, you know, our predictions come true and, and our kind of reputation as, I guess, hockey analysts is, um, <laughs> you know, well intact. But we're going to move on to the Central Division and we're going to talk about Tampa and Carolina. And last week I mentioned how, you know, I was really vying for Carolina because I secretly love them. And, um, <laughs> you know, 
as you all you guys know, Tampa is currently leading the series three to one. They will be playing on June 8th. So depending on when you guys listen to this, you guys could be probably listening to the morning that they uh, they're playing or maybe you're listening to it after. But regardless, you know, maybe Tampa will have won the series. Maybe Carolina would take one back. They are playing in Carolina, so you never know. But uh, yeah, Alessia. What's your yeah, I mean, last week I mentioned, I think it was the first game and then we did the podcast that episode. I mentioned how it was a very close game and most of the goals were coming from the power player special teams with Tampa and Carolina. So our prediction was this series was going to be very close. And honestly, I did not expect it to be Tampa leading 3-1. I thought it was going to be a lot closer, a lot tighter. Um, last game was a very high scoring game. Tampa won 6-4. Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov have been a huge part of Tampa's wins and success. Point in the playoffs, 10 games played, 7 goals, 4 assists for 11 points. And Kucherov, 10 games played as well, 5 goals, 12 assists for 17 points. So Tampa has been on fire so far. But like Marjorie mentioned, we're, we were kind of rooting for the Carolina Hurricanes because I feel like they're a team that they're kind of like always in the situation where you can tell that they can they have the potential to go far and everybody's kind of just waiting for them oh, yeah. to get that small little booster that small little spark to take it even further every year so it'd be nice to see carolina come back in this series but we all know how strong and how tough tampa is especially with guys like point kucherov so we'll yeah. see where it goes there's no way you can kind of mention tampa and not mention those guys i mean they're pretty much why Tampa has been so successful these past few years. Uh, we all we all know that Tampa's really well-rounded and it's not just them, but, you know, they do a lot for the team. And like Alessia was saying, you know, it has been high-scoring games. And Carolina obviously knows, uh, like, how to score on Tampa and, you know, can be really great offensively. You know, they lost 3-2 in overtime. You know, that's really tight. And, you know, 6-4, you know, you don't want to, you know, be scoring that many goals, obviously in a playoff game but it goes to show that they obviously have the capacity to do so so hopefully Carolina can come back <laughs> but if fortunately unfortunately they don't make it out of this series I still think that they're going to have you know they still have a lot of great potential to you know get to the playoffs again next year and hopefully you know make it far in the years to come yeah. now we're going to move on to the north now this one <laughs> this one's a tricky one you know Grace Grace is not here, so I'm going to talk about it. But um, <laughs> I can feel Grace getting a little, you know, uh, anxious with this situation, even though she said that she thought Montreal was going to win this series. She has been sending Gr Alessia some texts in the group chat. I will not say what the texts were, but we can. I can feel. I can feel the anxiety in in our little yeah. group here. Um, honestly, I did not think that Montreal would be up three and zero. Um, I'm not surprised that they're up in the series, even though I said I thought Winnipeg would win the series, but I'm just surprised that Winnipeg hasn't been able to win one, like, at all, which yeah. is just, like, like astonishing to me because we all know they got swept by, you know, they swept uh, the Oilers, but, like, yeah, but still, like, I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't see this coming. Yeah, so, like you mentioned, Montreal has a chance to sweep the Jets tonight, so by the time everyone's listening... Either it will be 3-1 Montreal or Montreal will take this series with a 4-0 lead and win. But 
you know, I kind of, I have to give credit to my team. You know, there's a lot, you go on Twitter, there's so many excuses as to why the Habs are up in this series. Oh, it's because Shifley is no longer playing last series. Oh, Tavares is out, which both are tremendous losses for each team. Tavares is a huge loss for the Leafs. Shifley is now a big loss for the Jets, although I did not agree with that hit at all. <laughs> but I have to say since game five of the series that they were playing against the Leafs, this is probably the best that they've played all season. And you guys have heard me being so critical about this team for so long, but I think game five was a really big turning point for both the players and the coach. A lot of people were giving their critiques on the coach as well and his decisions, which personally I was one of those people. But, you know, it seems like everyone has bought into this system. Carey Price is playing unbelievable. And one thing I've noticed is that in the Leafs series, the defensemen, the Montreal Canadiens defensemen were not contributing offensively. There was one point in time where they had zero points. And I can't even remember. I think even they finished the series with not one defenseman having a point. Could be wrong, but there was a point in I time think, where... I think, wasn't it Chirot who got at least one point i feel like the habs i remember listening to the commentators and they kept them mentioning how like you know the habs defense wasn't yeah contributing. i think it was either in game six or game seven i think they got one point exactly one. exactly but i know for sure up until game five not like or somewhere around that point the defensemen did not even have a point for yep. montreal so in this series the defensemen have been contributing to the team's offense a lot more than they did against the leaves the young players are still playing their best game, Kotkaniemi, Caulfield, and Suzuki. The only thing now that could be potentially seen as an obstacle is Jeff Petrie left last night's game. And according to Tony Marinero of TSN 690 in Montreal, Petrie dislocated two of his fingers on his right hands. Ooh. Doctors were able to put the bone back in place, and he's still going to be good for the playoffs. But for tonight, it's going to be a game-time decision, and they will either replace Petrie with Willette or Romanov. So we'll see about that. Obviously, you guys know yeah. <laughs> I'm buying for Romanoff to be put in. But you know what? You got to kind of trust in Ducharme because it's going pretty well right now. So we'll see. We'll see what happens tonight. Clearly, he's doing something right. And, you know, the players have been playing, you know, somehow they found their stride, especially after what happened with the Leafs. You know, Carey Price has been on believable and I don't think yeah. anybody could ever take that away from him he's been you know such an instrumental part to this team and I don't know it's just weird to see Winnipeg be kind of so down and um I knew that if the Leafs had played Winnipeg it would have been pretty you know hard but now that I'm yeah. looking at the situation I don't know if it's because Montreal is just being like really really great something's wrong with Winnipeg maybe it's a like a mix of both but um, it's yeah. surprising to see that Winnipeg, you know, hasn't been able to at least win one. And if Montreal wins this series, I don't know what I will be saying next week. But I promise you it'll <laughs> be something nice because I'm a good sport, unlike maybe Grace, even though she cheers, she was, um, you know, putting the Habs in, in the favor for winning that series. But you got you got to give them credit. They've been playing really great. And um, I don't know, clearly, you know, they all... Maybe they all had a chat. Someone said something to somebody, but it feels like they're, yeah. you know, a pretty complete team right now, which is, um, you know, surprising a lot of people, but it's exciting. It's exciting to see. It's always exciting to see the underdog kind of persevere in these situations. Exactly. <sighs> now, on to the <laughs> West. 
<laughs> or else we're going to be talking about this matchup forever. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever it comes to the North Division, we're talking like endlessly yeah. for years. But we're going to talk about the West, and we all know that's Vegas and Colorado. And um, we all know that also Colorado was also one of Alessia's favorites, one of our favorites too, because they're a yeah. great team. But Vegas has somehow managed to really keep it tight, and the series is tied 2 2. They will be playing, I believe, yeah, tomorrow. So once again, depending on when you guys listen to this or whatever, regardless, the series won't be determined. But um, it'll be interesting to see who kind of takes, you know, the reins on this one. Yeah, and like we mentioned last week, obviously our favorites in this series is Colorado. We know Grace is a Vegas fan, so we're sorry about that. But we did come to kind of like an overall decision that, yes, Colorado would be the favorites in this series and Colorado led the series to nothing. So that was looking really great for them. But obviously we've seen in these playoffs that teams have the power to come back. And that's exactly what Vegas did. They fought back and they tied this series. Obviously Colorado is still a better team for me. And like we saw throughout this entire playoffs, anything is possible. Vegas is a good team with a great goalie in flurry. Avalanche have Grubauer as well. And they also have stars like McKinnon and Kale McCarr. So this is probably, out of the four right now, the series I'm most interested in. Obviously, I'm most interested in the Habs and the Jets, <laughs> of course. But this is a matchup I'm really like keeping my eye on because it's gotten very tight very quickly. Yeah, I mean, you know, you guys all know that Grace is a massive Flurry fan. And, you know, Vegas did a really good job of kind of putting flurry back in it especially yeah especially after what happened with leonard i I still don't know what they were thinking there but um you know clearly flurry is the way to go and and um i don't know vegas i think is also one of the teams that always somehow surprises us you know sometimes you know they're not the best but when they're good they're they're good And, and that's being proven right here especially against colorado I mean, what do you think Colorado would need to do in order to really secure the series and not fumble the bag again? Well, they need their star players to perform. Guys like Nathan McKinnon, guys like Gabriel Laniscog. And obviously, Grubauer has been great these playoffs, so you got to have a strong goalie. Obviously, we've seen even the Canadians. Like we've mentioned so many times, a main reason why they've come this far is Carey Price being a wall in net so that's gotta have to be a hundred percent and also even playoff times regular season once that once that kind of playoff crunch comes about special teams have to be at the top of their game because especially in the playoffs there's two one games like one in nothing games it's so close so a power play goal or having a strong penalty kill can make a big difference so that's what colorado's have that's what colorado has to basically keep in mind if they want to close out this series with the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, because Vegas won pretty comfortably the last game, you know, 5-1. That's a very, very, very comfortable lead. But, you know, the second game, Colorado um, won it very narrowly, 3-2 in overtime. Vegas managed to win again, but this time they won 3-2 in their third game, and then they were able to bump it up a bit more in in 5-1. So it's a good back and forth, just pretty much exactly like the Bruins and the Islanders game, but the matchup between Vegas and Colorado is a little bit different uh, because in Boston and New York, it's a lot more, you know, you know, bigger guys, you know, really strong defense. Um, Mm -hmm. And this one, I feel like, 
Colorado has, you know, players who can score a lot up front. And I feel like Vegas obviously can do that now, especially since we saw them win 5-1. But another one to keep an eye on. We'll have to see what happens there. Who knows if our predictions will come true. Hopefully they do. Uh, (laughs) But since Grace is not here, and I usually ask the girls a question at the end, uh, I will be taking Grace's place. Um, (laughs) And then... um, and then Alessia will give me her pick. But uh, my question for this week was your predictions for the Stanley Cup Finals. But I'm going to let Alessia go first this time. So this was kind of tricky, not going to lie. <laughs> and like I mentioned last episode, I want to see something different this finals. So I'm sorry, Tampa, but I'm going to be going with Boston mm-hmm. versus Colorado. That was kind of what I saw at the beginning of the playoffs. But not to mention, if the Habs do continue on to the third round, they are likely going to play Colorado. Well, they're obviously going to play either Vegas or Colorado, but our favorites are Colorado. So that could potentially be a matchup. And I don't know. <laughs> Imagine that happens. Like, That'd be insane. a big one for you. That'd be a big yeah, one Yeah, that you. would be... <laughs> It would definitely be an interesting series. Colorado is an amazing team. My favorites, a lot of our favorites. Yeah. And then my Habs playing against them. So. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think I agree with you. I think it, I think I want to see Boston in Colorado in a final. And I think that's what we said last week, if I'm not mistaken. I think that we said that would be a pretty ideal final and it would be like really, really fun to watch because Boston, like I keep on saying, great defense and then we have Colorado with great offense and then if you mix the two is I just think it'd be like really really tight games but I wouldn't be surprised if somehow Montreal gets past yeah gets past everybody and moves right in there um so I mean we'll just have to wait and see what happens with that Winnipeg series but I definitely wouldn't be surprised because once I think a team gets going and you know they have in in their mind that they can win and they know that they have the capability of doing so then nothing is stopping them and I think I can't remember who said this to me I think it's my best friend who was saying when we were talking about the Leafs and it was like they their mentality was you know let's try not to lose instead of let's win yeah um which is obviously a great point and um I think Montreal is like let's win because we know we can win and um so I think it's I think it's gonna be hard for anybody to get past them at this point but we will see <laughs> I'm not gonna say too much because I know Alessia is also yeah. you know doesn't like saying too much about anything surrounding that but <laughs> we're gonna leave it at that we're gonna pass it on to Grace who's now gonna talk about the OHL the draft I'm sure she has a lot of great great insightful um you know, stories, maybe, you know, information about the players, you know, there was an awesome um, draftee because of first girl was drafted, first woman was drafted in, yeah. in the in the OHL, which is awesome, awesome news, great win Amazing. for equality. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just good for the sport as well. You know, when great players can play, then I think that's a win for everybody. But we're going to pass it on to Grace and um, I guess in Grace's corner. So me and Alessi will talk to you guys next week and have fun (laughs) listening to Grace.
Hello, hello, everybody, and I hope you're very happy to hear my voice. Uh, it's Grace here for, as Marjorie dubbed it, Grace's Corner. And as she also very kindly mentioned in our intro, due to some scheduling conflicts, I couldn't record with the ladies, but they didn't let me down, and they didn't let you down either, and gave you a great 20 minutes of hockey talk. However, in order to make up for my unexpected absence, I'm here to give you a big ol' update on the OHL, because there is finally something to talk about. Now, I haven't talked about the OHL in a minute, so you're going to have to bear with me because I'm very, very excited to talk about this. The past weekend was the OHL Priority Selection, or the OHL Draft, and it was definitely an interesting and historic one. Now, I'm well aware that junior hockey can be a bit of a niche subject, so if you don't know how the OHL Priority Selection works, I'm going to tell you. Uh, North American players born in 2005 were eligible for this year's draft, and non-overage players that weren't registered with a AAA team in Ontario who weren't part of a protected OHL region were also eligible. That's from OntarioHockeyLeague.com, kind of. And I've got to say, 05 players being drafted into the OHL makes me feel pretty old. In the OHL, once you draft your players, they'll attend a training camp in late August, early September. And how that will work in the COVID context, we aren't quite sure yet. But from these 16-year-old draftees, a team is allowed to sign, or as the OHL puts it, register four of them. Two of these registered players have to be the first two players the team drafted, so picks one and two. Then from there, you can sign any other two of your draft picks, so the first two picks have to be chosen very carefully. Now this year was a little bit different for the OHL. Usually the draft is seeded in terms of how the standings turned out, but since there wasn't a 2021 season, the OHL had their very first draft lottery, which I'm still a little salty about, by the way. But today I'm only going to be focusing on the first three picks of the draft, which went to the Sudbury Wolves, Oshawa Generals, and the Guelph Storm. Now there are 20 teams in the OHL, so if I went through all the picks without the other girls here, I would be tired of my voice, and so would you. <laughs> Before we get to the top three picks, I do want to mention the historic moment that went down at the draft this weekend. The Sarnia Sting selected the first woman to ever be drafted to the OHL, and that was Taya Curry from the Elgin Middlesex Chiefs AAA team. Curry is a 5'7 goalie and comes in at 143 pounds. Now, she mentioned in an interview with CBC that she doesn't want to be seen as the only girl playing boys hockey, and that she, and I'll quote, wants to be known as a normal teammate to the boys and just as a family, end quote. She wants to just be one of their teammates. Now, Curry has been ranked as one of the top goaltenders in her age category, and Sarnia would be very lucky to have Curry be their goalie. The number one overall draft pick went to the Sudbury Wolves, who chose Quentin Musty from the national champion North Jersey Avalanche team. Musty's a right winger who weighs in at 180 pounds and is six foot one. Now, the last time the OHL was in action was in the spring of 2020, and Sudbury was ranked as fourth in the Eastern Conference. Now, that's not too bad, and especially to then receive the first overall pick this year is pretty good. From the rest of their picks, Sudbury had two main goals in this draft, tighten up and add to their blue line. Sudbury picked up a few defensemen in this year's draft, but what's obvious from their picks is that they really want speed and skill. I mean, who doesn't? But Sudbury was also looking for those aspects in their defensemen. They want players who can skate well and skate fast, so once the OHL is back up and running, and Sudbury's got their roster set, 
they're going to be an offensive powerhouse. The second overall pick went to the Oshawa Generals, who have definitely had a rough go of it roster-wise because of this pandemic. Their top player, who they gave up nine draft picks for at the 2020 trade deadline, Philip Tomasino, has since been picked up by the Nashville Predators and won't be returning to the OHL. Now, as a Hounds fan, Philip Tomasino did haunt my hockey dreams in the 2019-20 season, so it's a pretty big loss for the Generals. Tomasino is definitely somebody who they were relying on for a big part of their postseason success, but they aren't in trouble yet as they've got a great group of players who are all first-round OHL picks. So if you're not familiar with the OHL, just know that Oshawa is up there in the top teams. With their second overall pick, they selected... Callum Ritchie from the Oakville Rangers, a six foot one, 175 pound centerman. Now, I think the only thing I really need to say about Ritchie is he came from the team that had the most players selected at the OHL draft. The Oakville Rangers had 16 of their players picked at the drafts, and teams and coaches were eager to say that they were proud of the Rangers' development skills as a team. And all of these Rangers were highly sought after picks. Now, the Generals game has always been about grit and skill, and they are always tough competitors. Maybe not long-term and into the postseason some years, but game to game, they always tend to give every team a bit of a challenge. The third overall pick of this year's draft belonged to the Guelph Storm, who selected Cameron Allen, the first defenseman to be picked in the draft, who's six feet tall and 185 pounds. The Guelph Storm have a great pool of forwards to choose from in their organization, so it wasn't really a surprise to see them take one of the top defensemen available in this draft this year, as they've been kind of stacking up on forwards in the past draft years. Now, in my mind, the Storm chose a defenseman in the first round, so there's no doubt that Allen will be slotting into the lineup come the OHL's puck drop on October 7th. From what I've read about Allen, he can be a physical guy who won't back down from a fight and also score some killer goals from the blue line. Now, having said all of that, (laughs) the girls are going to roast me for how long this is, But this year's OHL draft is definitely going to be interesting in terms of seeing where these players end up. There was limited video available for all of the teams to look over, so we we could definitely see some of these picks end up being busts, and some of these picks that were selected lower in the draft prove that they should have been selected much higher. Thank you so much for listening to The Wraparound this week, and we appreciate all of you very dearly. Make sure you follow us on our social media, which can be found in the episode descriptions. And we will be back all together next week for another episode of The Wraparound.